Creatures that lurk in the dark, ready to prey. These are Vampire Tales. Stories, folklore, legends, leyendas, cuentos y más. This is Spooky Tales. Listen, escuchen, at your own risk. everyone, this is Christina. And this is MJ. And welcome to another episode of A Spooky Tales. Today we're talking about vampires in Latin America. Woo! This is a fun topic to research. Yeah, I agree. Um, specifically, I found some from uh, Mexico and then um, MJ, you found... One from Peru. Yes, and I, I really like the ones from Peru. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... God damn, this is like batshit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into it. You'll see why. <laughs> yeah. Before that, though, let's let's read this listener story. So this person emailed us like two different stories with drawings. Thank you so much. Um, so I'll share one listener story for this episode, and then we'll share the next one next episode, just in case we run low on stories. You know. <laughs> yeah, you guys, come on, come <laughs> send us your stories. Or else you guys are going to be, like, listening. Oh, here's another one of MJ's. Nobody cares. Nobody cares, MJ. <laughs> I, I care. <laughs> Just me, though. Just- <laughs> oh, it's, what is it? Another shadow person story? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> so, come on. Send us your stories. So, hello, everyone. My name is Gabriel. I'm writing because I loved your show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, so the first one he titled is Palo Alto. So this night, if I'm remembering correctly, we had just finished driving around. I had been making my way home from dropping off my friend at her house. When I got to the stop sign at Palo Alto Road, I saw what I thought was a dog in the middle of the road, just waiting for me to pass. I drove by it and even scoot over so that I wouldn't hit it. When I was passing it, it stood up and looked at me. What the fuck? Like <laughs> that. <laughs> it's, um... <laughs> What, what are they called? It's a dog man. Yeah, dog man. Or, <laughs> or, or, it's el cadejo. El cadejo. <laughs> right? Okay, no, no, it's not because let me read on. It was the size of a small child. Ooh, okay. It stood up and looked at him, uh-huh. and it was the size of a small child. But it was all black, and he goes on to say, I know it wasn't a kid because it was two in the morning. I have to agree with that logic. Yes. It had me so freaked out that I had to call my friend and tell her what I had just finished seeing. I would have done the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a good story. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sending Now I'm in. not going out like in the wee hours of the night. Thanks. <laughs> did you already though? I don't think you did. <laughs> I didn't. I have no social life. <laughs> me neither. I'm asleep at like 8 p.m. Oh my God. Yesterday I crashed like at 8 and then like I took the longest I had the longest sleep ever. Well, today I woke up at 6.30, but still. Um, and on to vampires. What What are your thoughts on vampires, just in general? I um, I think it's, like, cool folklore. I don't think they exist. Same. Was obsessed with them at one point in high school because of reasons. <laughs> Twilight? Oh, my God. Don't tell me it was fucking Twilight. It was because of Twilight. You guys, it was a Twilight. I was... <laughs> 
embarrassing, okay? I was one of those people that hated on Twilight just because I liked Harry Potter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I um I tried. I tried reading Twilight and I was like, this fucking sucks. And then I watched I watched all the movies because my brother wanted to go watch them. That's right. And if you know me from high school, you know my brother. And he was the one that wanted to watch Twilight. <laughs> he took it to the theater. And you know what? One Halloween, him and his friends were like the fucking werewolf people. Okay. They, all they wore were jeans. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, that was his fault. Yeah. I, I enjoy vampire folklore, except Twilight, like I said already. I do like the Anne Rice books and stories. Like the... um. In- interview with the vampire and oh, Queen oh, of the Damned. Yeah, yeah. I'm a huge fan of uh, Blade. Blade so. is good, yeah. I love Salem's Lot as well. Let's get into <laughs> our topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I when I hear vampire, I think of like the white or European 18th century yeah, like vampire. Yeah, the, the Bram Stoker. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I also yeah. like the movie, the Bram Stoker, like Dracula movie, the one with... Oh, um, yeah. Oh, Gary yeah. You know what? Mexico has a really good dracula in spanish like it's so good what? in fact they were really big on vampire movies and the like golden era of movies it's like in black and white and it's excellent and i forgot the name of it but it's like their their version of dracula what well now i have to watch this because yeah, yeah. i think it's on Tubi. I, I i usually read every year during um october the the Dracula book, the Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh yeah, same, same. Yeah, I enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. I like reading it, and then thinking, why are you still going? Everyone in this town is like, don't go to the Devil's Castle, and this motherfucker's like, mm, these people are crazy. But like, so many people are like, don't go, and he's like, like nah, you- <laughs> <laughs> like you dumbass, don't go. <laughs> he's like inside the castle, and he's like, that's so weird. Dracula didn't have a reflection, but I'm gonna hang out here anyway, like. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's- <laughs> I thought I saw him with fangs, but I don't know. Maybe he just has sharp teeth. I don't know. <laughs> What's in this tea he's given me? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, how bad does your life have to be where you're like, this is fine? Yeah, this, <laughs> this is just- fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> vampire-like creatures have basically been all have always been a part of folklore um, all over the world, mm-hmm. going back to like ancient civilizations, Mesoamerica, mm-hmm. Babylonia, Greece, Rome, Persia, all those big ones. They all have mentions of blood-sucking creatures. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was so many Latin American vampire-like creatures or just vampire legends in general before this. Mm-hmm. Me either. I was like. It's all like Europe and stuff. I was like, there's nothing in like Latin America. But I was wrong. I was proven wrong this week. And I'm actually happy about it because the stories we found are pretty good. Yeah. Interestingly enough, (laughs) many of the vampire traits have been linked to rabies by a Dr. Juan Gomez Alonso from Spain. Mm -hmm. Um, So like their weakness to garlic and light could be attributed to the hypersensitivity caused by uh, rabies. Mm -hmm. Parts of the brains, the brains and parts of the brain affected by rabies cause disturbances in your normal sleep pattern. So that can make someone nocturnal, like, you know, vampires are nocturnal and sleep Mm -hmm. in the day. So rabies can do that. Bats mm-hmm. obviously are so associated with vampires, and bats carry rabies. Yep. Yes, rabies. 
and then not to mention, you know, rabies causes people to bite others and mm-hmm. uh, vampires bite others. <laughs> so could it be that vampires are really just people who had rabies? Probably. I'm going to oh, go with yes. On, yeah. <laughs> on another note, at some point in history, somewhere it was said that if a man could see his own reflection, he did not have rabies. And who doesn't have a reflection? Vampires. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah. <laughs> What what everyone thinks of as vamp- the original vampires are just people with rabies. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. So, I have a story from Peru. Known as the Pistaco, this Peruvian vampire is unlike other vampires. The Pistaco, instead of draining blood, drains fat. Free light bow, anyone? Right. <laughs> Come Pistaco, here, Pistaco, where, <laughs> where are you? Where are you? This pandemic. <laughs> I could use you. (laughs) According to legend, the Pistaco is a man-like monster from the Andes. He is a stranger, often described as a white man who kills indigenous people for nefarious cannibalistic purposes, stealing their fat, cutting them up, and making them into chicharrones. Wait, did they really? I don't know. This is <laughs> from the website. This is what it said: chicharrones. I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> chicharrones. Okay. I know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pork chicharrones sound good right now, though. <laughs> yeah, they're delicious. What's a, what's a chicharron in in English? Uh, f- uh, it's, it's either pork rinds or fried pork belly. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think it's pork rinds. Um, <laughs> the word pistaco comes from the word piste from the Quechua language meaning to behead, slit throat, or cut into pieces. Pre-Columbian Peruvian cultures held fat in such high regard that they had a deity for it called Viracocha, which means sea of fat. They viewed excess fat as a sign of wealth, health, strength, and beauty. Illness for them had a root in the loss of body fat. Skeletal thinness (laughs) was not viewed as healthy or beautiful. Conquistadores would treat their wounds with the fat of their enemies, and this practice was abhorred. It is said that Spaniards would kill indigenous people and would take their corpse and boil them to obtain the fat so they could use it to grease their weapons, which would rust fast in the Amazon forest. The Spanish missionaries became known as pistacos. It was believed that they were killing indigenous people for their fat. Uh, soap and candles could uh, can be made out of fat. So it is believed uh, that they did this to make a lot of things, not just for, you know, not just to protect their weapons, but also for um, practical purposes. And Monsters. Mm-hmm. The earliest known reference to the Pistaco legend is from 1574. According to a priest named Cristobal de Molina, Indigenous people of the area would avoid the Spaniards and refuse to enter their home in belief that they would be killed for their fat. The legend of the Pistaco became connected to the Bethlehemite friars who opened a hospital in the year 1700. These friars would travel and beg for for alms. The description of the Pistaco is that of a conquistador or a friar, always described as white. (laughs) I don't know why I'm laughing. (laughs) Um, person of no color. <laughs> oh my god, I've never heard that. Is that a thing? Because if that's the case, I'm using that now. I've i seen it on Twitter and TikTok a lot. <laughs> well, I will oh, use that. Person of no color. 
So yeah, vampires are are people of no color. <laughs> no, for real though. Like hearing this story as well as the one I'm gonna share, and another one I know from Peru, and we were saying this earlier, but vampires are, are white people in like Latin America. Like if a suspicious, if a, if a new white person that they know is from like England or somewhere, um, it's like oh, that's a vampire. vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Indigenous communities also had stories of something called the Quachus or Ran. I'm going to butcher this. And I am so sorry for those who know how to pronounce this correctly. I do not. Runap Mikuk, meaning person who consumes. In 1621, Pablo de Jose Arriaga, Arriaga wrote that, according to legend, the Quachus was a blood sucking creature who preyed usually on children. Quachus would sneak into people's homes and put them to sleep using a powder made out of human bones. They would scratch the victim with their fingernail and drink blood from the wound. The victims would die a few days later. It is believed that these blood sucking creatures would be the cause of death. I tried uh, looking more into this legend, but there is little to no information found on the web. And every time I try to look it up, it just led me back to um, to the Pistaco. Ah, interesting. Those who were helping Ariaga were later accused of being Cauchus. It is believed that this legend of the Cauchus also merged with the Pistaco legend, creating this fat, draining vampire. In historical context, the indigenous people of the Andes were not wrong. Bloodthirsty, fat-stealing vampires is the perfect description for Spaniards at the time. Ooh. Shots fired. (laughs) The inhumane treatment of natives and the horrors of Spanish conquests created this legend. It, It is a historical fact that human fat was used for medicinal and practical purposes. Natives were viewed as savages and dehumanized. Because of this, the Spaniards did whatever they wanted to them. In 2009, there was a hoax of a Peru- of Peruvian gangsters who would kill people to obtain their fat. It would let- later sell human fat to a contact in Lima who later sold it to European cosmetic laboratories. General Felix Murga, chief of police, stepped down from his job for a while when it was discovered as a cover-up for extrajudicial killings by the police. Wow. And I'm going to get into the hoax because it is wild. According to the story, hoax, on November 3rd, 2009, police arrested Serapio Marcos. On November 20th, three others were arrested, including the ringleader, Hilario Cudena or Sudena? Cudena, right? I'm assuming Cudena. Cudena Simon. Police claim that the suspects told them they sold human fat at $15,000 per liter. People started to doubt the story because because of liposuction, there was other means to acquire fat, so it would not be sold at $15,000 per liter. Nor was there right. a... De- like yeah. It's not that rare. Yeah, it's not that rare. <laughs> Nor was there a demand so high for human fat. Gang members would sever the body and hang the torso above candles, which, which warmed the body, and the fat would drip into tubs below. The gang was given the name Bistacos. Clearly, the police officers were not the smartest, and the true Bistacos were the members of the Peruvian police. Wow. And you know what? What a... It's telling It's telling that the police later were the ones acting like vampires, like the original Spaniards were. Mm-hmm. Like, 
police is just a system that reinforces white supremacy all over the world, not just here in the United States. Um, no, so. it's, it's very prevalent in Latin yeah. America and in every single Latin American country. Yeah. Every single one. So it's not at all surprising to me that first, you know, colonizers were doing this and later mm-hmm. police. I mean, it's all the same system just a few hundred years later. Yeah. And it's like every other story we've covered, um, the zombie story, uh, the, uh, the what's it called? La Tunda. And now this all stems El Cadejo from, as well. El Cadejo, yeah. All stems from the horrors and the these like crimes that the colonizers have done to ad- indigenous communities and um, enslaved people. Every single, like almost every single one has a root in colonization. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's not surprising anymore. At first I was like, this is where this, like, I remember when we were doing the zombie one and I was, I had a, a freak out when you were telling me the origins of the zombie. And I was like, I was over here listening, getting a live reaction, <laughs> pissed off. But now I'm at to the point where I'm like, oh, this is probably going to be rooted in all the evils. And now it's, now it's like, of course, of, of course, yeah. this stems from colonization. Now it's like, it's on brand. <laughs> yeah, it's expected. <laughs> and it's expected. And it's, I'm so mad. I was mad reading this entire time, too. When I was researching, I was pissed. Yeah, because of course, of course, police would blame gang members on top of that. Yeah. And just to even know that it it was more likely than not that Spaniards would kill indigenous people and boil them to to obtain their fat is just a whole other level of horrible and evil that I was just not prepared to read into. And I was mad. (laughs) I'm still mad. (laughs) I'm still mad. And that's my story. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Crazy ass ride. Okay, on to mine. I'm going to talk about two vampire legends from Mexico. One story I um, knew because when I was a kid, my tia took me and my siblings to this place called El Panteón de Belén. It's a cemetery in Guadalajara. And this cemetery is full of amazing legends. Like, it would be worth doing a full episode on the legend, on the legend, on this place. Mm -hmm. I'm down. Anyway, one of the legends from this um, cemetery is the va- the vampire's tree. This legend takes place in the 18th century when Mexico was still under Spain's rule. And a man named... Every source said Jorge, Jorge so I don't know if he was Spanish. Because it said he moved from Europe to what is Guadalajara. And he bought an hacienda with the hopes of settling in, making friends, whatever. But um, something wasn't right. No one liked him for some reason. <laughs> Unknown reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but soon after he arrived, townsfolk began noticing their animals were dying. All were found to have their blood drained. And one night, some of them decided to investigate what was causing this. And so they stayed up all night, like, ready to find what was doing this. And much to their surprise, they found Jorge biting at the neck of an animal. They were shocked, right? Yeah. (laughs) They were shocked and tried to chase him, but he was too fast and got away. So then they uh, regrouped. They were like, well, what do we do? Um, And they decided to surround his hacienda and then drive a stake through his heart. As he was being stabbed, Jorge cried out that he would return one day 
and get his revenge. Jorge was buried in El Panteón de Belén, and something strange began occurring over his tomb. A tree began to grow, and the townspeople began to believe that the day the tree grew too much, grew too big, and just like fell over, would be the day that Jorge would return for his revenge. What the hell? Yeah. Is it like literally on top of the yes. tomb? Mm-hmm. <gasps> what the fuck? Yeah. Okay, I'm looking at pictures. What the hell? It's a huge tree. I've seen it. I, I'm looking yeah. at pictures. Yeah, it's gigantic. Mm-hmm. I, I will be posting pictures. There is another version of this legend that, that says that a bruja was the one who told the townspeople they must stab Jorge in the heart with the stake made from un árbol camichín. Um, I don't know what kind of tree that is in English. I didn't look it up. <laughs> Whatever, some kind of tree. <laughs> and they did just that. And so then they buried him. They left the branch that they used to stab him mm-hmm. in him. And so they buried him and they placed a giant rock over his tomb to f- further prevent him escaping. The rock was so heavy, it caused a break on the tombstone or whatever. Because like mm-hmm. it's like a, like the, the grave is like uh, a above big ground. rock thing above ground. And then he's yeah. inside that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just didn't know if that had a specific name. I, I know they, they're somewhere almost like to the ones in um Louisiana. Did you know there's a... A big vampire legend in New Orleans. Is there? Yeah. So I wonder if that has something to do with it. I don't know. But yeah, there's like um there's like tombs almost above ground from what I'm seeing with the arbor. Yeah. So the this rock caused a break in the tombstone mm-hmm. and the branch that they used to stab him uh began to grow through the cracks and this became the tree. They say that if this, you know, tree falls, this is when he will return to terrorize Guadalajara. And the tree, um, like we already mentioned, it's there. It's at least 15 mm-hmm. meters in height. Um, what is it in feet? I didn't look it up for everyone, for all us Americans. <laughs> <laughs> 15, I don't know. I don't know. Let me see. 15 meters. 15, 15. meters to feet. Okay, let's see. What? Oh, 49. 49. <laughs> I saw the, yes. the end of that said 2.550 inches. <laughs> and that's yeah. all I saw. And I was like, what? <laughs> no, this tree is way bigger than 2.551 <laughs> inches. So 49 feet. 49 feet, yeah. That's big. Yeah, it's a huge tree. It's very uh, interesting to just look at. Like, it's it's weird. It's huge. Um, but they tell this legend at that one that when they do tours... The the tours at this place are mostly in Spanish. I want to say they have English at certain times. I just don't know when. And there's also nighttime ghost tours of the cemetery, which is the one my tia took us to. We were like, <laughs> we were like eight or nine at most. <laughs> um, and my, my brother was like seven. Yeah. And then my little cousin was like five. <laughs> but she took us. And we were not the only kids there. And we went through the whole tour. And yeah, it was cool. Um, you can't take pictures unless you pay 250 pesos, which is well worth it. 250 pesos is not a lot. How much is that in USD? God, it's it's so little. Hold on. Let me. It's probably oh. like $10 or something. Oh, no. Okay. No, you're right. $12. Yeah. Oh, For a while there, it was less because, you know, the value changes. Yeah. But yeah, it's not a lot. It's I mean, they got to make their money, you know. Well, <laughs> $12.58 to take pictures is really nothing. No, and that also lets lets you break from the tour. Otherwise, you can't break from the tour. 
And so um, I was looking at, I don't know why I like looking at TripAdvisor reviews on places. <laughs> I love that you do. I know. <laughs> but this place had really good reviews, except for a few angry, entitled Americans who were like, I can't believe you have to pay 250 pesos and you can't even leave the tour. And it's like, stop crying, just pay the fee and you would have been fine. <laughs> but other than that, it has like almost five stars. You know what's funny is that they love capitalism <laughs> until <laughs> until they yes. have to pay. It's like I thought you were pro capitalism, bro. What happened? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but no, this place is super cool. Like if you're ever in Guadalajara, you have to go there. The nighttime tour is cooler, but it is a little more expensive. But even then, it's not a lot. And then onto my other legend. This one is from the Mexican Revolution. So at this time, it was perfectly normal for people to see piles of dead bodies in the streets. But Mm -hmm. it was not normal for these bodies to have two holes in their necks and have all their blood gone. Surprised and shocked at the bodies they found, two generals asked their troops to investigate the nearby houses for anything suspicious. Sure enough, one troop of soldiers found a house with an insane amount of jars that were full of blood. So they were tasked with staking the house to see if anyone showed up. And just when they thought that no one was going to come, they heard the sound of flapping. And so they turned and watched this figure with wings turn into a man and walk up to the house. The general ordered his troops to open fire. And although they were terrified, they did just that. The man fell, sprawled right in front of his door. And the soldiers approached. And then he said, there's more of us and they will come for all of you. And they were like, what the fuck? No, no. but they were frozen in fear. (laughs) And then the general walked up to the man, pointed his rifle at the man's heart and fired. And though they thought they killed this man, bodies with holes and void of blood continue to show up. And to this day, it is said vampires remain in Mexico. Oh, I like that legend. Yeah, and that this one obviously might just be a story. It's not like the vampire of, uh, um, tree one where mm-hmm. there was a man with that name and his tombstone uh-huh. is in the Inside cemetery. the tree, yeah. The, I like that one. I love both of your stories. I, I want to go thanks. see the tree. Yeah, the tree is super cool. I do, yeah, if you're ever in Guadalajara, this is a must play, a must go, must visit location. What am I trying to say? A place you must go see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is what and I wear was your, to say. <laughs> and wear your a spooky tail shirt and tag us in pictures. I was going to quickly look up this other story from Peru. It's pretty big in Peru, but it's called the Vampires of Pisco. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to go into super details, but this woman's grave. So her name is, okay, her name is Sarah Ellen Roberts, and she's believed to have been a bride of Dracula. <laughs> And I do not know how this story even spread, but somehow this little town of Pisco began believing that she was ran out of or run out of England because she was believed to have been a bride of Dracula and she was seen sucking the blood of a child. And that's why she had to leave. Her and her husband had to leave England And that he was, John Roberts, the the husband, was traveling the world trying to find a place to bury his wife and no one wanted her. And somehow he landed in this town. And and it's because of the things she was accused of, of being a vampiress, that that no one wanted her anywhere. However, there's no base to this, like these claims at all. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I don't know how they began. <laughs> but it's <That's> bread. <laughs> she was buried in, in this little town of Pisco. So ever since she was buried there, I don't know, this, this thing spread for whatever reason. And the inhabitants of Pisco believe she'll return 80 years after she was forced into the casket um, for vengeance. The 80th anniversary of her death was June 9th, 1993. On her anniversary of her death, people fled, especially pregnant women, because they were fearful that her spirit might reincarnate itself in their child. Hundreds of people bought anti-vampire kits, uh, complete with garlic and steaks. <laughs> and then they waited on the tombstone. When she didn't reappear, they threw holy water, they prayed, you know, hoping that would keep her at bay. And then in 2007, there was a massive earthquake in Pisco. And like hundreds were dead. Uh, the city was demolished. This, in the cemetery, a lot of it was destroyed, but not Sarah's tomb. So this spread even more that because she was a vampire, that's why it wasn't touched. It was the only tombstone that survived. That is weird. Out of all the things, though, that is weird. Yeah. <laughs> but there's no... Um, she, she obviously was never a vampire. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny that, that the this white family moved to Peru and they're like, vampire. Vampire. <laughs> yeah. In all the stories. Hmm. Stranger from Europe. Vampire. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why I wanted to share that because... When one of in your in your when you were sharing your story, you mentioned how they were like described as white. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, this reminds me of the the white lady, white family, <laughs> no, white couple that moved to this little town in Peru. They were like vampire, vampire. <laughs> um, but this is a good spot to end this because now my child is crying. <laughs> All right, sounds good. So, um, how should we? What should we say? I don't know. Be wary of white people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if a mysterious pale person moves to you your neighborhood and then dogs start going missing i don't know maybe it's a vampire maybe buy your garlic yeah yeah <laughs> stay spooky and we'll catch everyone next week bye bye, bye.